Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Joe of Word of Prayer Cultural Center in Largo, Maryland. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. It is my prayer that you are both blessed and enriched by what you hear. Feel free to share with friends and family, and also feel free to follow us on our social media outlets, Facebook and Instagram. Our social media handle is at Wopsy, W-O-P-C-C. Visit us online at wopsy.church. God bless and happy listening. This will be part two. Part two of the sermon entitled, Check Your Choice. Amen? Somebody say, check your choice. Amen. Bless God. Thank you, guys. Check your choice, all right? And does anybody remember or can you look back in your notes to see what the subtitle is? Check your choice. What's the subtitle? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. That's it. Yep, I'm hearing it. I'm hearing it. An exploration of the power to choose. All right? So check your choice. An exploration of the power to choose. In case you missed part one or in case you want to make sure that you got everything uh, written that you wanted to write down, we're going to go through a quick recap. And so um, we took a look at uh, the word choice or choose. It's a noun that means an act of selecting or making a decision when faced with two or more possibilities. Do we have anybody in the house who is admittedly indecisive? Are you indecisive? Like you never know. You know what you want to eat. You never know. You know what you just don't don't ask me. All right. <laughs> That's the only thing. Okay. Yeah. Only when it comes to where, where, where are we about to eat at? <laughs> An act of selecting or making a decision when faced with two or more possibilities. All right. An example of that is the choice between good and evil. All right. Um, we talked about how literally life is filled with choices. Um, someone I know often says that life is choice driven. We live and we die by the choices we make. Life is choice driven. We live and we die by the choices we make. And so I told you two weeks ago that you had to choose what you were going to put on today. Remember that? Now, I see that some people were in the spirit because it was not planned for the worship team to wear the same colors that the pastor is wearing today. But somebody was tapped in. Amen. And as I look out, I see we have a few other people tapped in. Amen. I mean, if you don't have on our colors, I'm not saying you were tapped out. I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> but, praise God, that was a choice. That was a choice. Mm -hmm. uh, it is now 1030 in the a.m., and we have made quite an amount of choices already. 
okay? And so what we discovered is that each and every day of our lives, multiple times a day, we make choices. And we said even that all choices matter. And the reason that all choices matter is that all choices have a what, y'all? Have a consequence. Uh Uh-oh, I got a church in here. All All choices have a consequence. And another reason that all choices matter is because we should never think about a a choice being a small choice. Because how many of you have realized that small choices chosen consecutively end up being a big choice or leading to, even if it's not consecutive, one instance of a small choice can lead to you choosing something that we would deem big. So be careful. All choices matter, all right? All choices matter. For some of you, you know, I got to pick pick with, you know, the people online a little bit. Last time I, I told them, you know, the people who are in the room made a really good choice. The people online, they made a good choice too. <laughs> but you know, those who may be enjoying Bedside Baptist today, I want to let you know that Some of you are there because you made one choice one Sunday not to come into the house. And that made it so much easier for that to become your choice weekly. I'm I'm here to be honest. You know me. (laughs) Amen. And so that's just an example that came to mind is you can choose something and say, oh, that's small. That's just just one Sunday. That's just this one time I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Okay, let's talk about you know what, I've been doing good, but I'm going to eat this today. You know, and you rationalize, and you say, okay, I'm going to burn it off, and, I, and this, that, and the other, you know, and you don't, don't never end up going to, and so you, you come up with, you rationalize this thing, and next thing you know, two, three weeks later. Huh? Why? Because of that one choice. You know, I'm, I'm, I've been working out. I've been doing good, but I'm not going to do I choose not to do it today. And next thing you know, you done broke your streak. Yeah? Yeah, you done broke your streak, and you feel like all that was in vain. Why? Because, oh, a little small choice that I made today has turned into a month of that same small choice. Yeah? Listen, if it ain't, if it, 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 it's not about the subject, I'm sure you can apply it to something. Little skinny people out there. Amen. Amen. I'm not hating. And so the reason that all choices matter <laughs> is that all choices have a consequence. Okay. All right, so let's break it down. The root word of the word consequence is the word sequence. And sequence is succession. Uh, It's a particular order in which related events, movements, or things follow each other. It's what happens after something else happens, all right? Um, And so we looked at the prefix con, C-O-N, It means together or with. So all choices come with sequence. It means that all choices result 
and something else happening. Choices do not stand alone. All right? All right. And so we took a look at Genesis 2.15. You should have that written down. We looked at that in both the King James Version as well as the message paraphrase. Uh, we, we took a look at uh, a Greek word, epilogy, which means uh, choice or option. And we talked about how choice is something that you can find all throughout Scripture. Actually, 311 times is the concept of choice or selection. Okay? One example was the Garden of Eden. And we're going to talk a little more about that today. Another example is the children of Israel. Okay? And so you should have written down Deuteronomy 11, 26 through 28. That's Deuteronomy 11, 26 through 28. And then you should have written down uh, Deuteronomy 30 and 19. Uh-oh, somebody, somebody got their notes. They saying it before I say it. That means you got your notes. <laughs> All right? And so we talked about that. We talked about how we made a choice at salvation. Okay? We made a choice. And God uh, made it clear that he wants us to choose him. He's always wanted us to choose him even in terms of salvation. So from the beginning and the onset of our relationship with him, we had to choose him. And so the newsflash is that God desires for us to choose him every day of our lives. Okay? And we're talking a lot more about that today. All right? We talked about why does God want us to choose? Why do we have the freedom of choice? Because he wants us to be in relationship with him. We were created in his image, and he wants us to partner with him, and partnership requires what, y'all? Trust. Y'all remember we had a trust exercise of sorts. We had a demonstration, and Dr. David came up here, and he had the option. You know, it was his birthday, and we said, you know, he's saved now, so we know he wasn't going to get drunk, but he might be drunk in the spirit, okay? And so we said, let's just say he gets drunk in the spirit, and he has to be, you know, picked up and, and taken out of here. Who was he going to trust to get that done? Was it going to be, who was it? Was it little Jeremiah? Was it going to be baby Caleb? Or was it going to be Pastor Joe? All right? And he made a choice. And the reason that he chose me is because when it came to that, he trusted me. And so this is something that you should have written down, big, bold, highlighted, and underlined. What I choose is what I trust. Okay? What I choose is what I trust. Amen? Uh-huh. And we said, look, we got proof of that. You, you, you choose that menu item because you trust that it'll satisfy you. Right? Uh-huh. You choose that way home uh, because you trust that you'll get there faster, okay? You choose a certain doctor or doctor's office over another because you trust that that's where I'll get the best care. So what you choose historically is what you trust, okay? All right, and so we said then that we want to make sure, we want to make sure that we don't choose stuff over God, because when we do, we are sending him a subliminal, not so subliminal message that I trust it, not you, okay? 
And so that's something that we've had two weeks to resonate and allow to marinate. And so I don't know about you, but I am determined that I will trust in the Lord until I die. Amen? Amen. And so there were some other scriptures that were given, and you can check those out by catching part one. Um, it's available on the live. It's also available on the podcast, all right? Shout out to the media ministry. We shouted them out on Wednesday. But I'm going to take a moment to shout them out again on a Sunday morning. Our media team is, oh, man, you talking hardworking? Hardworking. Elder Jashel did a great job facilitating a discussion on service. And we talked about service. And when we started to talk about service within the church, I highlighted that the media team is the only group of people who serve the entire service. When the praise team has sat down and before the preacher has even come up, Every transition and every facet of service is under their watch and care. Not only that, but how do you think the podcast get up? Okay, all right, yeah, yeah, how, how, do, how do we, listen, there's so many things that happen that they do. The YouTube videos are up because of them and things like that. And so I just want to make sure I give honor where honor is due. And so thank you, thank you, thank you to the hardworking media team. Amen? Amen. All right? So because of that, don't let their hard work be in vain. You need to go check out the podcast. You also need to share the podcast. Don't keep all this good word to yourself and be stingy. Somebody else needs to check their choice too. Amen? <laughs> Amen. All right. So uh, we talked about the fact that the holidays. Now listen, two weeks ago I was saying the holidays are coming. Now they're here. This week is Thanksgiving. Listen, if you didn't realize that, get your affairs in order. You got a couple of days to get your grocery shopping list before everything is gone. It ain't nothing worse than you about to cook something. You got your list of ingredients. You walk down that aisle with all the confidence in the world, and you see that empty space. Now you're trying to figure out where else you can go and this, that, and the other. Don't listen. Let's go ahead and get ahead of the game. That might be your... Sunday activity after church, get your shopping done. But anyway, the holidays are here. And during the holiday season, we have to make a lot of choices. And I told you two weeks ago, I had a completely different message. I wanted to play off of the time change and daylight savings coming to an end. And I wanted to preach fall back and the Lord had me to preach this, and I was trying to figure out why, and I think one of the reasons is we're in such a season, naturally, but also some of us probably spiritually, where we have a lot of choices to make, okay? A lot of choices to make, and so a few of the choices we mentioned is to spend or not to spend. Now, we know the day after Thanksgiving is what? Black Friday. Now, we call it the Gray Friday because that's our fifth wedding anniversary. Amen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but for y'all, it's Black Friday. So we got to be careful because those deals look good and, you know, those sales look good. Next thing you know, you went in for one thing, one thing that you saw a good deal for. Yeah, 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 you know. So be very careful. Be very careful. But that's one. Another one is to eat or not to eat. Okay? 
And I told you, the only reason I kept that one in there, because HS made me. I didn't want to say that one. Another one, y'all remember the third one we talked about? To cuff or not to cuff. Y'all know it's cuffing season. But we have a choice. We always have a choice, all right? And so we transitioned into something serious, and we talked about how when you submerge yourself in spiritual toxicity, you forfeit your power to choose. And what does that mean? That means when sin stops being a struggle and becomes a style of living, then we forfeit our power to choose. Why? Because we blur those lines of good and evil. Remember, we talked about the choice between good and evil. We blur those lines to the point that we are not working out our spirit man in the faith gym because we are no longer putting up a fight, all right? And so that led us to something called a reprobate mind. A reprobate mind. Y'all remember that? Romans 128 told us about that. The Apostle Paul wrote about it there. All right, and then I told you go ahead and read during your own time to get more contextual consideration. But we talked about a reprobate mind, okay? And that word reprobate is an unprincipled person, all right? Unprincipled, it means a wretch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it means rogue. And so I gave you three signs of a reprobate mind, and we reinforced it by sharing it uh, on social media. Number one, a, de a decreased sign of conviction. Has anybody ever been convicted about something and then you've made so many choices that has caused you to no longer be convicted about something that you used to be convicted about, okay? Can you be honest? Can anybody be honest, okay? You find yourself doing exactly what you had such conviction about not doing, but this time, for some reason, it's a part of me that don't care. That's a decreased sense of conviction. Another one is the sudden inability to discern. You find yourself, you know, getting the, the wool put over your eyes when it comes to a lot of stuff and a lot of people and stuff that you would have been able to spot from a mile away. Ah, next thing you know, you're saying, man, I remember there was a time I never would have got this far with this thing, okay? That's the sudden inability to discern. And then lastly, rationalizing evil for good. So basically, talking yourself out of evil being evil. Well, you know, it can't be that bad, you know, if this, that, and the other, and maybe if, and it was only, you know, those words, if, maybe, only, you're rationalizing evil for good. And that may be a sign of a reprobate mind, okay? And so we talked about what do you do about it? Reprogram it. According to Romans 12 and 2, we have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so we talked about uh, how we wash our minds with the word and how the word is a cleanser and how Neutrogena has nothing on the word of God. Remember that? <laughs> and so there was some scripture that was given there. We have Ephesians 5.26, okay? And then you should have, uh, yeah, let's see, Luke 20, yeah, yeah, but before that, John 17.17. 17. Uh-oh, y'all got notes and notes. Y'all saying scriptures we didn't even get to yet, okay? So uh, Romans 12.2, John 17.17. 17. You should have Ephesians 5.26, 
Okay, and then the first one was Romans 1.28. Now, when it came to Luke 23, we talked about those thieves on the cross. Remember that? Yeah, when Jesus was crucified as a criminal that he was not, there were two men who actually were criminals and who deserved the punishment. And so one of them is saying, you know what? If you all are supposed to be Jesus and all that, why don't you save yourself and us? And the other one is saying, yo, 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 don't be disrespectful. And so he is saying, we, we deserve this thing. He does not deserve this. He recognizes him as the Christ and asks for forgiveness. And Jesus says to him, today you will be with me in paradise. And so we talked about how one choice, somebody say one choice. The choice that the criminal, the good criminal, if you will, made caused the trajectory of his life and afterlife <laughs> to change completely. And that was encouragement that you can make one choice today that can turn your whole life around. Mm -hmm. it's, it, it's nothing like, now we talked about the downside, but it's nothing like when you don't feel like it, but you push yourself in that gym anyway. There's nothing like it. And so, listen, next thing you know, that, that felt so good that you want to go again. You get your streak back up, but you just have to continue to make the right choice. But it only takes one good choice to change the pattern of bad choices. Anybody glad about that? Anybody glad about the fact that you're not stuck in your bad choices? Thank you, Jesus, that he's empowered us to make one good choice that will allow you to turn your back on the bad choices. Make a choice today. You can make a choice today. Somebody say today. And that's the key word for today. <laughs> today. The thing that Holy Spirit has led me to highlight and expound upon this morning in part two is that every day is your today. <laughs> Somebody needs to write that down. Every day is your today. All right? What did I just say? Yeah, 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 yeah. Every day is your today. Yeah, yeah. Every day is your today. Every day is your new year. Every day, some of these mindsets that we put on, every day, it, do it like it's your birthday. Every day, because sometimes it takes our birthday to say, you know, then I'm going to change. I'm going to be a new me. I'm a, you know, or it takes a new year to be a new, it's a new day, and that's new enough for it to be a new you today. Every day is your today. Uh-huh. Today is never tomorrow. And though yesterday was today, today has come again. And it's not the same today as yesterday. <laughs> so when I say choose him today, it's not an occurrence limited to or bound by the 24-hour stamp of time. When I say choose him today, it's not a one-time thing. It can't be something that you did. It has to be something that you do. When I say choose him today, I mean choose him daily. Hallelujah. Because tomorrow I'm going to say choose him today. And then the next day I'm going to say choose him today. And then the day after that I'm going to say choose him today. 
Hashtag no days off. The enemy wants you uh, to put your guard down. He he wants you to get uh, your guard down and to wake up and start your day without being vocal about your choice. Because that's the only time that he can creep in and think that he easily has access to your heart and a chance at being the captain of your ship that day. But as for me and my house, he can go somewhere in a pineapple under the sea. As for me and my house, Jesus is the captain of my ship. Jesus is the captain of my storm. And though the waves may crash, come on somebody, and though the billows may roll, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Listen, anybody got a testimony today? Can anybody know and remember that I decided to follow Jesus and I did not turn back? Listen, song says, though none go with me, I still will follow. Song says, my cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. Song says, the world behind me, the cross before me. Come on, somebody. No turning back. No turning back. And I declare and I decree, hallelujah, and I dare you to declare and I dare you to decree the very same thing. There's no, I have decided. Listen, I don't care how raging your storm is because a lot of times it's in the storm where we make the poorest decisions. When, When there's peace, you know, we go with God. But, but in the storm, sometimes is where we make the poorest decisions. I don't care how raging your storm is. Bishop, we don't care if the lightning is flashing. And we don't care if the thunder is roaring. And we don't care if the waves are beating all up against the ship. We still choose Jesus as the captain of our storm. Amen? Do I have anybody with me today? I still choose Jesus as the captain of my Whatever storm of life you might be in right now, don't leave the captain's seat open. Let me say that again. Whatever storm you may be in right now, don't you dare leave the captain's seat open. Whatever storm of life you may be in right now, don't leave the captain's seat. Don't let the enemy believe that there's a vacancy. Don't let the enemy believe that there's a vacancy. If you don't wake up in the morning and put God on the throne of your heart for that day, there's a vacancy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Morning by morning, new mercies. Morning, day by, you have to choose him. You have to, the mercies are available, but you got to choose him at the seat. Don't let the enemy believe that there is a vacancy. You know how some people be acting single? If you act as single, you're leaving the door open for approach. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that even helps you to identify the enemy. Because if I'm acting single and there's an approach, then I don't know. You might be up to something. You might not. You might be innocent. But if I'm not acting single and there still is an approach, you an enemy. Yeah, 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 yeah. If I'm not acting single and there's still an approach, you're an enemy. And so we have to stop 
leaving this vacancy. We are going to go through storms. So if I gotta go, if I gotta go through storms, I'm going with God. I'm not going through a storm and then letting the enemy think he can drive me into and around and through whatever. No. Pick a struggle. Listen, listen. If I'm going through a storm, which we all are and or have and or will and and all of the above, I'm trusting Jesus to help me ride it out, help me speak to it and calm it or however it's going down this time. I just know that with him at the helm, I will see safety again. With him at the helm, I won't die in my storm. At least I know that. With Jesus as the captain of my storm, I am sure to see the shore. <laughs> amen? Amen. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Check, check, check your choice, especially in your storm. I want to take a look at Galatians 2.20 in the New King James Version. That's Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Let's look there. Today. Today. Galatians 2.20 in the New King James, it says this. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Okay. Uh, let's take a look at Galatians 5. We can stay in Galatians and just drop down to the fifth chapter. And I want to look at the 22nd verse. It says this, it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. 24 says, and those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. All right, and I have another one I want to go to. That one is 1 Corinthians 15, 31. 1 Corinthians 15, 31. And it says this. It says, I affirm by the boasting in you, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily. I die. How often? Daily. Somebody say daily. Meditate on those scriptures this week. Listen, make it a part of your regimen to include seating God in his proper place at the beginning of every day. Make it a part of your regimen. Just as you wouldn't feel right without washing your face, brushing your teeth, and those things regarding our physical hygiene. 
have some sense of spiritual hygiene about yourself. Daily, our intentionality toward making a daily choice has got to become a righteous routine. Routines are not bad as long as they are not empty. Okay? And some of us hear the word routine and we're thinking negative. Routines are not bad as long as they are not empty and as long as we are not doing them out of season, which I'm about to get to. Because a routine that God gave you last year may not apply to this year. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have something going on, let's go back to our, let's talk about skincare regimen. If you have something going on with your skin that's not normally going on, then you can't just go about cleansing the normal way because the physician is going to give you some specific instructions. Amen? Mm -hmm. And so, likewise, it is with us. You're in a different season now, so you need to ask the physician, what's my instruction? Because you could be including a regimen that is outdated for you. Okay? Let it digest. And so routines aren't bad as long as they aren't empty. Be present in your routine. Don't just do it to do it. And No, be present in your routine. Remain focused and thoughtful in your routine. Mean your routine. Remember, I told you, God gave us the formula from day one with, with, with salvation. We had to confess, but we couldn't just say it. We had to do what? We had to believe it. We had to mean it. So it is every day that you die daily and that you spend time and that you confess over your day and that you pray. Mean your routine. Okay? Some of us are frustrated by awaiting season. I know I am. But this week I sought God for a new confession in this frustrating season of a wait. I'm going to say that again. Some of us are frustrated by a waiting season. I'm one of them. But this week I sought God for a new confession. What do I mean by confession? I mean something that I'm going to say to use the power and authority that God gave me with my words so that my life will begin to line up with what he said, which is also what I'm saying, okay? And so a confession is something that I'm literally speaking daily concerning my life. And so I sought God for a new confession in this frustrating season of a wait. It's okay to be frustrated. That's okay. Period. Space. What are we doing about it? How are we handling the frustration? It's not a sin to be frustrated. But what, what, what are you doing? <laughs> Listen, there's a weight to the weight. <laughs> there's a weight. The weight can be heavy. There's a weight to the weight. But the challenge becomes, how do I not let my frustration turn into, watch this, foul language? How do I not let my frustration turn into foul language? And I don't necessarily mean cussing. 
I mean speaking against what you're in faith for. I'm taking my time because this is, this is God-given, especially designed for you. Frustration is not an issue, but the challenge becomes how do I not let my frustration turn into foul language? And again, I don't necessarily mean cussing. I mean speaking against what you're in faith for. Or maybe even worse, not speaking at all. Has your frustration caused you to shut your mouth? If so, ooh, uh-uh, that's dangerous. Come on. Come on, that's dangerous. That's vacancy. That's vacancy. Choose ye. Listen. Yeah, yeah, I'd rather you, listen, I don't want to say it, but I'd rather you speak against it than not speak at all. Say something. And so the question HS gave me to ponder is this. What is the language of your weight? What is the language of your weight? What is the language of your weight? Are you waiting poorly or are you waiting prophetically? What are you saying? Are you speaking life into it? Or are you reinforcing the death that the enemy would love for you to speak into it? What is the language of your weight? And so some of us need to seek God. And I mean tonight, again, we're not waiting until vision boards and, and, and New Year's. No, uh Tonight, there's a new confession that God has been trying to tell you probably all year. But you were stuck in the rut of a routine that expired. And so God's word works. Yes, it does. But what if he gave you a specific word for this season? And you're just satisfied because you have a word. And so some of us need to seek God for a new confession. What you used to say getting up in the morning in 2017 might not be it no more. Amen? In having a newborn, I started to think about breastfeeding. And I started to think about how in, in breastfeeding, literally, a woman's body knows exactly what to give the baby with whatever is going on. If the baby is not feeling well, the woman's body will produce a different type of milk that will literally have a medicinal quality to them, to the milk, okay? And so even for a woman who is pumping, for example, that means they're pumping the milk, the baby's not getting it right from the mom, every now and then, the woman will put the baby on the breast just to make sure that the milk is customized, okay? Now, now if it's not customized, it's still going to be milk, and it's still going to fill them. But don't you know that you can feel full but still not have the needs met in the way they need to be met? I'm going to say that again because I'm not talking about a baby no more. I'm talking about you. 
Don't you know that you can feel full but still not have needs met in the way that they need to be met? Let me prove it to you. That's like that old greasy fried meal where we eat it and we're, oh, we're, oh man, I can't holler. I'm, I'm stuffed. I'm, I'm full. I, I couldn't eat another thing. And so you feel full afterward, but it's void of vitamins, minerals, nutrients that you need. And so we're going beyond just feeling full or being satisfied because we got something. All along, you've been so proud of yourself when you say your confession and when you read your devotion and you feel full. But God says, huh, when are you going to come to me for customized milk? When are you going to come to me? Because I have customization in mind for you. Don't you know that I know literally every strand of hair on your head? Don't you know that I'm in your tomorrow on yesterday? I'm not a God of generalization. There, there's general stuff that applies to all my children. But Renee, I got something especially for you. George, I got Thomas, I got something especially for you. Barbara, I got something especially for you. Robin, I got something especially for you. And so all this general word is good, but obviously God gave me this message because he wants you to have a meeting with him one-on-one. -on -one. And he wants you to say, but God, listen, that reminds me, you know, speaking of anniversary time, you know, a lot of people, it's, it's certain times for weddings and, you know, the spring and all this, the summer, all this beautiful stuff. And so I remember sitting with God saying, God, when do you want us to get married? When do you want us? Not everybody else. When, when do you want Carmen and I to get married? And he gave me that date and that time. And so it didn't make sense, but it didn't have to, and I'll get to that later. But now on the other side, it makes all the sense in the world. And so you can no longer go. Here's the thing. If I never met with God and asked him, we, we, we could have just did what everybody else is doing, what we thought we should. You know what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is that God, if, if you ask God, he's not going to leave you hanging. He's been waiting for you. to. You didn't talk with everybody else about it. You didn't met with so-and-so and the other. He's been waiting on you to allow for him to weigh in. And I'm talking about above, even above the scriptures. He wants to, he's living. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He wants to speak to you specifically in this season of your life. It's not just about Paul. And it's not just about John. And it's not just about the woman with the issue of blood or the woman at the well. It's not just, uh, it's about you. And just as he spoke to the people in the Bible days, whoo. My son and my daughter, he says, I'm still speaking. When, listen, when, when they wrote Revelation, I didn't stop speaking. I'm still speaking until the manifestation of the revelation. And he wants to speak to you. And he wants to talk to you about what's going on in your life. Not your friend group, not even your church, your life. 
He wants to have a one-on-one -on -one with you. Can we get that customized milk in this season? <laughs> Even though the mother has the ability to produce the customized milk, she will not produce it unless the baby literally comes on her breast. So God is able. <laughs> you follow me? He's able, just like the mom is able. But there's a system. There's a sequence. Consequence. And you've got to play your part in God's system. You have end-of-the-year evaluations at work. You got check-ins with your friends and your accountability partners. God is saying, <laughs> I wonder when they're going to check in with me. Don't you dare schedule anything weekly, monthly, anything like that with a therapist and not have scheduled time with God. And I believe in therapy, but I also believe in priorities. Why do we schedule stuff with people? People. And we refuse to schedule stuff with God, who created the people, who created the practice, who created the friend, who... Priorities. Nothing wrong with any of those things. But the minute you consult them in the place of God, they have the seat. You've awarded them the seat. God is saying, when are you going to check in with me? You know me better than this. You should not have to bump your head and fall and fail to check in with me. I'm not your emergency room. God, God, listen, <laughs> you have an in-house, I'm talking in-house care, and we're treating him like an emergency room. We just run to him when we think nobody else can help. When are you going to check in with me? God says this, because I may need to introduce you to some new language to soften your heart in a hard season. I may need to introduce some new language to soften your heart in a hard season. Somebody shout daily. 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 And so as I close, I want to let you know to never let your guard down. This is a daily thing, y'all. Every day, every day, every day, when you wake up, you signed up. When you wake up, you've clocked in. You don't get the option. <laughs> every day, y'all, every day, the enemy is at work, and every day God is at work. And every day, you must choose who you're going to work with. I'm going to say that one more time. Every day, the enemy is at work, and every day, God is at work. And every day, you have to choose who you're going to work with. 
And so in the Garden of Eden, you all, in Genesis 2, 15 through 18, write that down. And in Genesis 3, 1 through 8, we see that God gave Adam some instruction. And he told him, you know, to take care of things. You know, you didn't help me name these animals and you're here. I'm putting you in this garden called Eden. I need you to look after it. I need you uh, to help take care of it. But there's one thing I need you not to do, and that's to eat of this specific tree. And so Adam's like, all right, cool. And so after that, right after that, he gave him a wife of his own flesh, Eve, woman. And so in Genesis 3, 1 through 8, we see where this serpent comes and he woos Eve and he talks to Eve and he gets Eve to do the exact opposite of what God told Adam and thereby her to do. And if that wasn't bad enough, Adam made matters worse. And being the one who received the instruction, he's the one who broke the agreement. And he also ate of the tree. And so there are two things that I want you to write down as I close that we must be in this season of checking our choice. Number one, we must be informed. We must be informed. Because someone could argue that Eve did not receive the instruction, even though she clearly knew about it. She didn't receive it. Maybe she didn't know the weight of it. So maybe she wasn't well informed. Well, y'all, so that the serpent doesn't trick us, let's get well informed. Hosea 4, 6 tells us that the people perish for a lack of knowledge. There's a saying that says, what you don't know won't kill you. But my father, your bishop, when I was a little boy, told me, son, what you don't know will kill you dead. And I've seen it to be true. Get an understanding. Be informed. The second thing is to be obedient. Because Adam had all the information that he needed straight from God. But his problem was found in disobedience. Luke eleven twenty eight is the one I want you to write down for this one. Luke eleven twenty eight. It says, "Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it, and keep it." and keep it. Amen? What obedience looks like is this. Anybody know about Abraham? Yeah, Father Abraham. Anybody know about Abraham and Isaac in Genesis 22? Write down Genesis 22. That's a good scripture to read on your own time. And it talks about that story where God told Abraham to 
sacrificed his son, the promised son, on Mount Moriah. And we know that even though Abraham couldn't make sense of it, he made obedience of it. <laughs> and he believed in the word that he had from God so much that he told the guys, he said, y'all, my son and I are going up to the mountain, but we will return. We, y'all catch that? We will return. <laughs> and so we know that he went as much as to lift his hand to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord let him know, hold up. There is a ram in the bush caught by the thicket of his horns. And he instructed and allowed for that ram to be slain and sacrificed in the stead of his son, Isaac. Now watch this. Adam and Eve probably didn't obey because it didn't make sense. All these trees, all these fruit, what's, what's the difference? We ate this and nothing happened. But old Abe, he obeyed even though it didn't make sense. And so the thing that God shared with me some years ago that I hold on to dearly, that is my takeaway from the obedience of Abraham is this. Provision is awaiting you in the place of obedience. Provision is, anybody need God to provide in this season? The provision that you need, even in a scary season, is awaiting you in the place of obedience. That means that to this day, we would not know what a ram in the bush is unless Abraham did it afraid and obeyed and went to Mount Moriah to do the unthinkable in the name of obedience to God. And so we cannot have our own ram in the bush experience unless we first are obedient enough to travel up the mountain and to do what doesn't make sense, what doesn't feel good, but what God said to do. Provision is awaiting you in the place of obedience. Check your choice. I recorded a Witty Wednesday that's coming out this week. But I'll give you an exclusive now. Just act like it's your first time seeing it when you see it. And so, in, in prayer, in the prayer room recently, uh, the Lord brought somebody up to me and instructed me to apologize to the person. And so I had to seek God regarding that. And, you know, uh, he reminded me of, of some particulars of a situation. Mind you, it's been years. The person and I are cool, so I'm thinking naturally, like, hey, like, why do I have to do that? Like, we're, we're cool. But he reminded me to apologize to a person. Has anybody ever been in a situation where God wanted you to do something, and then you kind of don't do it, and you go back to prayer, and you're worshiping, and you're praying, and God is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So about, and you're trying to hear for something else, but he said, I'm not saying another thing unless you do what I already told you to do. And some of us are saying, God is not speaking. God, I, I don't hear you. 
Yeah, he doesn't want to know, did you hear? I want to know, have you heard? Did you hear? Past tense. Because there's no need in me giving you more when you haven't done what I already gave you. And so I'm like, okay, God, you must be serious. Because I got to hear from you for the people, for my family, and everything else. So I, I, I got to hear from you. So if you're not going to speak until I do this, I definitely need to do this. And so I went ahead, and in obedience, I did it. And I was amazed at how well-received it was. I felt good because, you know, how when you're obedient to God, it's a good feeling. Especially if you overcome yourself in the process. And then lastly, y'all, the person then, uh, maybe like a week or so afterwards, asked for information to send some finances to bless me and my family because they were so moved that God led them to sow. And I said, God, you are something else. That's called provision. But I and my family would have never received that piece of provision if I would have remained in a place of disobedience. What's on the other side of your obedience that you don't even know about? I didn't do it for that. I didn't know about that. But that was a part of the plan all along. What's even more crazy is it ended up being, at that same time, the amount, actually doubled the amount of something that my family had to take care of unexpectedly. Provision. 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 Why am I always struggling? Provision. Obedient. Why am I? Huh? Because I could have been blaming God if I was struggling and that need would have been unmet when God gave me the solution. But it was wrapped up in obedience. I've never been obedient and came up short. <laughs> I've been disobedient and came up real short. But I've never been obedient and came up short. So for some of us who may be coming up short in certain areas of our life, maybe this is God's way of saying to you, check your obedience. Because if you would be obedient, it don't got to come from, and I'm not saying it's, it's always going to be money, but it's going to be something that you need. It might not always come from the paycheck. It might, God can do anything. God can make a stranger so into your life. But you don't open up pathways like that in the spirit unless you unlock them with the key of obedience. Obedience is so much better than sacrifice. And so, check your choice. Because I could have chose to stay in disobedience. I could have chose to say, God, I ain't doing that. God, I could understand if the person and I were at odds. We're not at odds. They're cool. Like, I started going down the list. They were at my wedding. It, this happened before the wedding. If we weren't cool, they wouldn't have came. <laughs> you know? You try to rationalize, but I had to check my choice and say, you know what? I'm going with God. 
And when you go with God, you leave with way more than you ever imagined. <laughs> when you go with God, you walk away with way more than you came with. <laughs> Obedience has never, ever left me empty-handed. And so the road may be rough. And the going may get tough. And the hills may be hard to climb. But I've started out a long time ago. And there ain't no doubt. I mean no doubt. Somebody say no doubt. No doubt in my mind. I've decided. Hallelujah, Jesus. I have decided. Yes, Lord. I, come on, I wish I had somebody with me that can stand flat-footed in here and give God a praise and say, I have decided to make Jesus my choice. Come on. I would, listen, I got about five witnesses, but I got more people than that in the room. I've decided. Come on, online. Can y'all help me online? I, come on, write that in the comment. I have decided. Come on, somebody. I have decided. I have decided to make Jesus, whew, to make him my choice. Somebody say, I've decided. Say, I've decided. Say it like you mean it. I've decided to make Jesus. It's not just going to happen. He's not just going to steal the seat. I've decided to make Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've done my part. I've made a selection. I've made a decision. I've decided to make Jesus my choice. Check your choice. Tell somebody, check your choice. Check your choice. Now you tell yourself, check your choice, Joseph. I've decided <laughs> to make Jesus my choice. Whew, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word, God. Can we give him praise for the word? Can we give him praise for the word of God? Did it bless anybody? Is anybody empowered to check your choice and to go with God? You won't leave empty-handed. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's all I have today. And so at this time, we pray, we pray, we pray, we pray that you were blessed by the word of God. Don't allow for this to be an occurrence. I think this is one of those that you need to replay. I think this is one of those that you need to sit with. I think this is one of those that you need to drive with. Amen? Don't, don't let this one fall away. Don't let this one slip away. Check your choice. Hallelujah. And so we don't want to take for granted that everybody who's watching or who's in the room has chosen Jesus. And so we invite you today to get to know Jesus for the pardon of your sins, to get to know him as your savior. And so as was previously stated, you have to confess with your mouth, but you also have to believe in your heart that God raised his son, Jesus, from the dead. And then you are saved. And it doesn't stop there. 
But right now, we're going to deal with that portion of it. And so if anybody does not know Jesus as your Savior, we're going to pray a prayer. And if you repeat after me and really believe it, you are the saved of God. Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you as a sinner in need of your salvation. Come into my heart. Cleanse me. Make me new. Make me whole. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that God raised his son Jesus from the dead. I believe he rose on the third day with all power in his hand. I believe that he's now seated at the Father's right hand interceding for me. I am saved in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's give God praise. If anybody in the room receives salvation today for the first time, you can wave your hand. We have some information for you. If you're online and you just became a part of the family of Christ, then type, I am saved, so that we can reach out to you and let you know what the next steps are. We do want to let you know now that salvation is a part of it. The second part of it is actually living a life for Christ. And one of the ways that we do that is by being discipled. And so a disciple is a follower of Christ. And the church is one of the things that God has given you to help you follow him. He's given you a pastor because he wants you to have one. And so if you don't have a church family, if you don't have a pastor, you need one. He doesn't desire for any of us to do it alone. Jesus didn't even do it alone. And so if you're here today, and you would like to join the Word of Prayer Cultural Center family and what God is doing here, we accept you with open arms. And if that's you, you can stand or wave your hand, and we're going to acknowledge you in the room. If that's you online, then you can type, I'm part of the family, and that'll let us know that you're joining in with the WAP. And so we're going to give you a moment to think about it. If that's you. And it's not too late to receive Christ. So if you type, I'm saved, then we welcome you into the family of God. And if you type, I'm part of the family, we welcome you into the Wapsie family. Or both. Bless God. Bless God. All right, let's give God a hand, and let's give a hand to anybody that might be today. Hallelujah, God is good. Well, again, thank you so much for, for joining us today. I really believe that if you didn't get something today, you were asleep. I, I didn't want to say dead, I'm going to just say sleep. And so in the event, even if you did get something today, again, I bet you, if you listen back, you'll get even more. Amen. Make sure you share it. Share this live. When the podcast comes out, share the podcast. This is Thanksgiving week, and so we do not have 
um, festivities going on this week in regards to WPBI or Bible study, what we are doing is we are um, having an outreach endeavor. So on Tuesday, if you are available on Tuesday, you can come on up to the church at 7 p.m. to help us uh, get boxes and bags together um, to go downtown to feed the homeless. Now, if you want to go downtown with us, you can. If you just want to come help pack, you can. If you want to donate, you can. And so uh, make sure that you reach out. If you're online, and you can type in the comments, I want to donate, and we'll reach out to you. If you're in the room, then you can see Dr. Carmen, and she has a list. Amen? If you want to sow a seed, last, last time Dr. Shanice went to the grocery store with the seed sown to, to get stuff. So if you want to sow a seed, then go ahead and do that. Cash app. Put in the memo, outreach, or feeding the homeless, all right? So we're going to be a blessing. Isn't it a blessing to be a blessing? Y'all, if you, if you drive around D.C. and see, you know, that, that there are people whose literal homes, it's getting cold. It's getting cold. The least we can do is to show some love by giving them a nice meal. Also, the church is going to donate uh, some gift cards uh, where they can go into like a McDonald's or something so that it won't stop there at that meal, but they'll have another meal that they can enjoy uh, from Wapsie, okay? So get, get in on this. Be a part of it. God has blessed you, so let's bless somebody else. So we'll see you Tuesday. Other than that, happy Thanksgiving. Amen. Bless God.